out that yesterday the DEO announced a $25 million program designed to construct new affordable running houses, rental houses in areas impacted by Hurricane Sally. That's five counties. But I want to let you know there's $25 million there. Um, yeah, and, and I surely hope we're pursuing that. It, it was just announced yesterday, so uh, I think we've been aware of it for a little bit. There was also $45 million. It's a subrecipient program designed to repair, replace, or reconstruct homes damaged by Hurricane Sally. This is Commissioner Robert Bender, District 4, the eastern half of, of uh, Pensacola and the beach, talking during the Board of County Commission meeting last Thursday. Uh, fairly interesting, fairly sizable, not massive, but not nothing either, uh, pots of money. $25 million for rental housing to be constructed in the areas affected by Sally, we qualify. And uh, $45 million to rebuild homes in areas affected by Sally, we qualify. Uh, Wes Moreno, he is the Escambia County Administrator. Administrator. Hey, Wes, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. It's great to be here this morning. Always good to have you. So I know it's only been a week, but do we know any more yet, or have we started pursuing the uh, either the 25 or the 45 or both? Uh, we're pursuing uh, that money as well as uh, another announcement of uh, 66 or $67 million that's maybe coming to our area. So we're reading through all those grants, reading the, you know, there's always stipulations and criteria that you have, that have to be met. So uh, we're reading through that, those grants and uh, noting the criteria, and then we'll start putting our applications together. And we are absolutely going to be applying for some of those grant money. Very good. Look forward to seeing more details on that. You know, more better build. <laughs> more better build yeah, is kind of, you know, as much as we can. Um, oh, in case I forget, and I want to make sure that I don't forget, we finally have a fully functioning, and by fully, I mean fully, properly, historically accurate sailfish sign. How much, how much of a hallelujah moment was this for you when it went on on Tuesday? It was a fantastic moment. Uh, somebody sent me a text, uh, a video text of the sign uh, once they got it powered up. And uh, Commissioner Bender, I'd ask Commissioner Bender, I said, now, you want to do anything out there, you know, ribbon cutting or something? He goes, no, just light it up and leave it on. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yes, exactly right. Just because I remember yeah, I was talking. Yeah, we're, we're really happy about that. I was talking to the owner of the uh, the Plastic Arts uh, Sign Company, and I, you know, I was like, so you're going to test it or what? And he's like, Brother, it's on, and when I turn it on, it's going to be on. <laughs> like right on, I love yeah, it. Right. Do that, and it is. It's the first time I have, and I've said this before, but I've only lived here nine years, and I had never seen it fully functioning. And um, I, you know, it's 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 fantastic. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Anyway, so uh, good lo- good resolution of a long term problem that we've obviously been been living with. The the one takeaway, and you and I had talked about this before, um, is. We have this practice in Escambia County, and it's not unique to us, of we take the lowest qualified bidder, and you and I talked before about how, you know, sometimes you get what you pay for. And so I just, I I hope that in the future we can make some space for considerations of quality and locality rather than just lowest eligible bid. You, You agree with that philosophy, right? Yeah, I do, and I think what what you if you uh, take a look, what we've been doing a little more here lately is using a request for for a proposal uh, solicitation, which lets us, uh, you know, you bring us your proposal like for the sign and tell us what your qualifications are, let us know where you've been been uh, successful at, let us know what what your cost is, but it lets you assess uh, the the bidder, the proposer a little more in depth, ask ask more questions. And of course, yeah, price is always uh, something to be heavily considered. 
but like in this case with the sign, you know, maybe we wouldn't been, if we'd have been better off to pay a few more dollars the first time. Uh, of course, you know, it's still, still we had Hurricane Sally roll through, but sure. yeah, absolutely. I think a request for proposals is what you see us using a little bit more of these days. And I, and I know uh, I've talked to Sam Abel, the city manager for Gulf Breeze. So I know you know um, well, but you know, and kind of her perspective on this was, you know, we had a lowest bidder project at the east end of Gulf Breeze that didn't work out so good, and we had a lowest bidder project at the west end of Gulf Breeze, a little bit bigger project that That's right. you know. <laughs> so maybe maybe we uh, approach this a little bit differently in the future. Um, we're hearing, you know, you and I talked last week about this. This uh, Englewood Baptist Church being acquired to be uh, converted over into a community center, um, a fairly significant price tag for that. Uh, one of the things that I have heard as a criticism concern since then is it's not that far from like the Fricker Center. It's maybe within even a mile, if I'm not wrong about the map distance. Why do we need another community center so close to where we already have one? Uh, your thoughts about that? Well, you know, it was part of the plan, uh, you know, when the uh, central uh, booking uh, area blew up. All of that, you know, we, we had this money, there was money planned to build a new Inglewood Boys and Girls Club, which sits maybe a block away. And it's a pretty old building. Uh, they, they do a lot, a lot of good work out of there, but it's really old and cramped. And so, you know, Commissioner May had a, had a vision and, you know, why do we want to rebuild something or try to revamp something when we have this building literally a block away that could be utilized as a boys and girls club, a community center. It's got a commercial kitchen in it. It has space to build a basketball board, a gymnasium, and some community space in there. I mean, we've, we've been doing a lot of assessment on it. And, uh, you know, it could, I think you mentioned it from the dais, but it could even be utilized uh, probably as a shelter. Uh, during storm events and such, and, and a feeding a feeding spot because of the commercial kitchen, but so we're still doing some due diligence. The board authorized us, you know, up to, up to 1.7, but we you know we haven't officially put the offer across the table yet. So we, we're still talking a little bit and doing doing some looking and some assessing, and uh, you know, as the weeks move forward, we may we may go ahead and put that offer across. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at at the moment, and that's kind of how we got to be there. Uh, a question I'm going to ask when we come back from traffic is, um, you know, I understand the upfront purchase price and then sort of ongoing maintenance, you know, how much we're factoring that into our budget. Uh, Wes, one of the questions that I always have about making big purchases like this is, you know, are we also putting in an mm -hmm. estimated annual maintenance upkeep, you know, so that it's not just the acquisition price, but it's uh, a realistic assessment of how the ownership and operation or maintenance of that facility is going to impact the budget on an annual basis. Uh, I, I didn't see it. Maybe I didn't look hard enough, but do we have an, any estimate about that yet? And is that part of the budget decision? It is, it is part of the budget decision. And we have been, you know, we've assessed like the HVAC systems and some commercial systems within the facility to know what, so we know what condition they're in, yeah. how much life they have left, or maybe ones that have to be replaced right off the bat. And so we're kind of aware of, of some of those deficiencies or, or maybe not, maybe not deficient. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're a couple years old, but we are taking into account all of that, uh, all of the amenities of the building, all the facilities in the, that building. And so we'll know kind of, we have to do know kind of what we would have to do to spend, what we'd have to spend to uh, make that and transition that into uh, the community center slash boys and girls club that's commissioner May envisions. Uh, probably a couple million dollars is what we're looking at to, to transition. And then I think, you know, once we get it there, I, I don't think the maintenance will be over, overbearing. I mean, I think 
uh, with all the systems updated and everything new or, or upgraded, I think we'll be just fine as, as far as the general maintenance of it as we move forward. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I'm not saying we can't afford it. I just always think, you know, we ought to, you know, we ought to always be talking about not just the upfront cost, but the how much every year thereafter is it going to take us to own this thing, and you know, just because that that's a key part of the the finance of it. Uh, you also you um, the board voted to move ahead with a non congregate shelter plan with a bunch of uh, grant money, uh, American Rescue Plan money if i'm not mistaken um but we're talking about several million dollars this would be a build or are you looking to convert this is a build right uh um i actually we have an eye on a couple existing buildings oh okay uh, that we're, we're going to be looking at and uh, you know we're looking to be collaborative with this effort i, I i've been as i've said this before i've been uh, I met with Allison Patton, city council person, and, uh-huh. and she and I talked. And out of that talk, we put a small working group together uh, to take a look at a, all things homeless, really. The point in time count, low barrier shelter, uh, continuum of care. Uh, there's just a lot of moving pieces when you start looking into the homeless issue. Uh, but, you know, we have out, been allocated grant money, $3.1 million, it's $4.1 million. And uh, so we have to register our plan with HUD mm-hmm. by March the 30th. And so that's what that was at the board meeting. It was the first step. was asking the board to approve the plan. And that plan was put together in a collaborative effort. Uh, we've looked around. It seemed like most communities that are somewhat successful in, in, uh, in the homeless issue, yeah. uh, low barrier shelter seems to be a key component to let you be successful. And so that was why we put so much per percentage on the low barrier shelter. And and that's the and, one, uh, oh, sorry, and, the, and non-congregate, so it's individual rooms and bathrooms. Non-congregate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, room and bathroom. So, you know, there's a lot to it. You got the low barrier shelter. There needs to be some transitional housing and then, a, you know, a plan to move them to housing. I and mean, it's, it's a big issue. And I think uh, a collaborative effort with folks who are not only passionate about it, but knowledgeable about it, and that will actually work and drive to, to be successful. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Some of the, our work groups sometimes everybody gets together and goes, "Well, I think we should do this. I think we should do that. Maybe we should do the other thing." But then everybody leaves the room. There's no action plan, and so that was why we put the small group together because we felt like we could be a little more successful in that in that uh, endeavor. That's great. You know, I also we also have some good news. I'd like to always like to end on good news if we can. Uh, Escambia County Fire Rescue recently had uh, Fireman of the Year. We also had the uh, Volunteer Fireman of the Year, and we now have the Fire Instructor of the Year in the state of Florida. So uh, ECFR is doing pretty good. Also, you guys had um, uh, the gun table, a gun roundtable, gun violence roundtable discussion with Chip Simmons that the county is going to be involved in that, working on bringing information, resources, you know, whatever, all kinds of things uh, to a small community, you know, a small slice of the geography here to try to make an impact. And I can't wait to see some of the plans for that. But last thing here that I wanted to cover with you, Wes, before we go is I did hear uh, this news item from this week. Did somebody have a birthday in the last couple of days somebody who might be the county administrator is that accurate 
<laughs> we sure did. We sure did uh, on Monday. Yeah, I turned 57 on Monday. Happy oh, birthday, congr- Mr. <laughs> Administrator. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Well, happy birthday, Wes. Congratulations. And uh, we always like to have a little bit of fun. And uh, yeah, I love your reaction. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Wes, Wes Moreno is the Escambia County Administrator. We'll talk to you again next week, Wes. As always, thanks for the time. Thanks for the work, sir. All right. I appreciate it, Andrew.